Good morning. It's DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 12.80 The Zone. Well, how was that for a weekend? That was a lot of winning. As long as you throw out Friday night. I guess it depends on when you start the weekend. If you throw out Friday night, the Jazz and the Heat, because they couldn't stop Dragic and they couldn't stop Butler. And honestly, I thought the Jazz missed a lot of open threes. I also thought they really gummed up their offense. The ball really stuck in that game. There's a lot of dribbling. Guys holding the ball, deciding what to do. And they still almost won the game. But starting Saturday, there was a lot of winning. The Jazz went in and thrashed Orlando. We got the best of the Jazz postgame show coming up. Orlando was shorthand and just completely overmatched. The Cougars, that was a slow start to that game with St. Mary's. My gosh, 23-18 at halftime. That's, that's not enough offense, people. Uh, but they still, they defended, they dominated, they pulled away, they won by double digits. You knew they were going to win that game in the second half. The Utes. How about the Utes? I did not see that coming. Utah beat USC and soundly. They, they were in control of that game, and USC just couldn't put together the run they needed to, to get back in and get back on top. The Utes win comfortably. Didn't see that coming. It's, the Utes are so up and down. Consistent in their inconsistency after that uh, embarrassing performance against UCLA, a good one against USC and a win. And then Utah State, they had to sweep Nevada. They did it. They get them on Saturday, really blew them off the floor, up by 16 at the half, led by 26 in the middle of the second half. Uh, let's listen to Craig Smith right now, head coach of the Aggies after their win over Nevada. Here's his postgame thoughts. Coach, if you were to walk into a gym and somebody just gave you a stat line and said, tell me who won this game, and you would see, well, one team shot 47%, the other team shot 42 One team was 8 of 19 from 3. The other team was 4 of 22. Oh, and by the way, that team that went 4 of 22 won by 21 points. Well, I, I would I would argue and say one team went 25 for 27 from the line. The other yep. went 10 for 15. Yeah. One team had 47 rebounds. The other had 24. And those offensive and, rebounds are added up. Too. And one team had 22 assists on 29 made baskets uh, with 12 turnovers. And a couple of those were at the very end. So, um, uh, so it depends on how you look at the game. Yep. Right? <laughs> right. But, man, what a great game. Yeah. It just felt like... Um, um, it was uh, how amazing was it driving to the arena tonight and the sun was out and it was beautiful and it probably well it's not out right now but it was like wow an afternoon game for a change but uh, I thought we had a great crowd great energy in here you know we told the guys the other day we just felt like we were this close to just you know when you play four games in 30 days you just you're almost starting over like it's November again and I felt like we were so close to just kind of not blowing the roof off this thing, but just taking a big step. And I thought tonight we took a big, big step, um, specifically offensively, just with our flow and connect, played way more connected. And certainly it helped having Raleigh back. Uh, I thought that gave us a, a good edge. And then Shuga just kind of finding his way again now, you know, and, and he's just going to keep getting better and better as he gains more experience. But our veterans really played great tonight. You know, we had a good first half. I, we called a pretty quick timeout early in that second half and, and kind of snapped on the guys, to be quite frank. And and they took ownership and responsibility. And I thought those tough guy plays, uh, Justin Bean on the glass, uh, Marco had a huge offensive rebound. And once we got those offensive rebounds going, uh, I just thought it changed the whole dynamic and everything. And then we really got out in transition yeah, uh, and got some really easy ones and forced the tempo. So exciting game. It's a great win. Nevada's a very good team, and, and we needed to have that, and we just got to keep on climbing. 
10-0 in fast break points, second chance points, 24-2 off of 17 offensive rebounds. I mean, it's just, uh, it, you know, it was just one of those performances that just, it, it was one one part of the game isn't working, all right, so what else can we do? And you made that work. Well, how many times, I mean, listen now, we've, you, we've all watched basketball for a long time, and coached for 25 years and it, it's incredibly rare and we're almost a little numb to it you know and you see bean with six offensive boards how many times do you ever see a person yeah. get four offensive boards? doesn't happen very often and he's done it how many times and then Cato follows that up with six as well so i mean you have 12 offensive boards between two players i mean that is very very difficult to do though the the Nimi one, uh, I don't remember who missed the shot. I think it might it was in transition. I think it came down the right side, and Kata comes flying in. I thought he was going to tip dunk that thing because yeah. leaping from like the top of the key. But those are such like we told the guys. Those are I thought that's when the game really flipped. And obviously, we had control for the most part, but it really took it to another level. And those kind of tough guy plays are energizers for your team, for the fan base, for everybody. And those are demoralizing for the other team, yeah. you know, and that kind of stuff happens. And so uh, really proud of how we played that way. What, what was the difference? I mean, obviously, I, I thought Shulga coming out with a scrape on his knee kind of told the tale. But, I mean, you've got guys diving all over the place. But was that the key in the second half? We, we Kind of gave up a lead on Friday. Yeah. Just kind of what was the big difference between – because it looked the same. It did. Um, you know, I thought we got a little loose um, to end the first half, and we had a couple of chances where, you know, the roof would have gone off this place. Raleigh misses his – well, he makes his first three, which is yeah. exciting to see. And, uh, the, I mean, obviously the round of the applause from the fan base. We're, we have such smart fans. And even when he got off the bench to go in, everybody stands up and gives him a round of applause. He drills that one and everybody. And he almost made that other one during that big run, you know, where yep. he had a chance to, I think, go up 20. And then we get a stop. And then Shuga has a chance to, to drill. I mean, it had a wide open three. But I thought Shuga really was really good in the first half. Well, the whole game. I mean, he ends up with what um, – uh, uh, hang on, I got it here somewhere. Uh, five points, eight rebounds, and four steals yeah. for a guy that's playing like the two and the three. You know, uh, but he had a couple of steals in the first half, uh, which created some easy transition for us. And I thought that kind of really sparked us. And when you have Max out there with Raleigh, and then either Steven or Marco, uh, you got some guys that can hound you now, and they're quick twitch, they're long. Uh, they're strong, and they can make some things happen. And that's the thing that recruiting-wise with Max really stood out is he's got incredible hands. He's got kind of Diogo Brito-ish hands. Uh, he gets his hand on the ball, and when he touches it, he gets it. And he's just so active that way. And he's got a smooth offensive game. He just he just knows how to play. He may, rarely does he make the wrong play that way. Raleigh Wooster back on the court just felt like just a big sigh of relief. And uh, I don't know if you had him on a minute count tonight, but I thought he played well in the minutes he was out there. Uh, talk about the process on getting him back out, and when did you know that he'd be a gopher tonight? Um, we, we felt good about it yesterday. Uh, he, he, he's done nothing live. This is his first live stuff since wow. the Fresno game. So we intended to do a little bit of live stuff on um, – Whatever day, I think it was Wednesday, the day before the first game, but we knew he wasn't. We we well, for the we had a pretty good idea he wasn't going to play on Thursday. I was holding out a little hope, um, 
but that didn't happen, obviously. And then um, yesterday, so Saturday, I think this is our first Sunday game in my three years uh, in the spectrum, first home Sunday game. Um, so my days are a little off. But um, but yesterday, he didn't do anything live, but we put him through walkthrough. It's the first time he's done that, obviously. Um, did a lot of shooting stuff, did some of our 5-on-0 stuff, and he felt great. And, you know, Raleigh, we all know, he's incredibly tough. He's a mentally tough kid. He's a physically tough kid. But when he came to me in Fresno um, with with Logan Ogden and they said, you know, he just was – and he looked distant and he looked super concerned. And that's – you know, with when he feels like that, you know he's not feeling right. But when we talked yesterday and today, I said to him today, are you good to go today? And he just looked at me like, yeah, like he had, he yeah. had conviction. And I was like, all right. And a lot of times a player will tell you. Sometimes you got to throw him out there if they're – but he, like Raleigh's going to tell you exactly where he is. And he just looked great. I mean, continuity, moving it, gets that offensive rebound off his miss and just snaps it to Fonz on a – I mean, he looked like uh, – he definitely didn't look like Gino Toretto. He looked more like Aaron Rodgers when he were Jordan Love when he snapped yeah. that baby um, to him. But it just felt right. Yeah. And he's such a good defender, too, that, you know, uh, that we re- really needed. And it was really noticeable when he was out there. Well, you don't see a lot of between-the-leg passes in transition, too. <laughs> Did you see that here? Um, I'm trying to think about it. What, what happened? Loose ball it's right, right here, loose ball. He sent oh. it between his legs to Shulga, and Shulga gives it to Anthony. Okay, so I, I I didn't see that, but all of a sudden I was like, how did we get that play? Like, I was yeah. screened off of it, but all of a sudden, yeah, she, she he gets it. And is that when Marco missed the dunk? Well, no, Marco, he got oh, fouled. That was, yeah. Shulga is the bounce pass where he missed the dunk. Oh, I gotcha. But you know what? You get those guys out there, and – you know, those three rookies, uh, Ashworth and Shuga and Raleigh, they all got this moxie to them. They got this kind of swag to them, and they all complement each other so well. Like, that's what I really like. They, they complement each other so well, and they're so versatile. Like, we can put them all in different spots, and, and so that's uh, really exciting. That's exciting not only for the now but the future. Hey, I, uh, I really want to compliment you on something because you don't see this very often in fact i don't think i've ever seen it before uh, but you got a lot of guys that do a lot of work behind the scenes that don't get a lot of love and i thought it was cool as heck that you had ryan uh, you honored him as on senior night and uh now i don't know if he got the technical call over here or not but i don't think it was but i'm not going to say who it was okay <laughs> i heard but, i heard he might have got some tv time though <laughs> i think i think some people think but, it might be him but there's so many guys that that work behind the scenes to make it go and 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 to make the trains run on time and ryan's been around for a couple of years and i think he deserves a huge shout out because he's so important to this program ryan's an amazing amazing person and ryan is going to do so well and whatever he decides to do his uh first of all he's a hard-working kid and he's got just this he walks in the room man, and he like owns the room it's incredible we took that he came with on our trip to south dakota and and like he was running the show i mean the the whole our people that um are uh, what do you call it? our host host family yeah they oh my gosh like they were loving ryan ryan was the man and uh and he's not shy uh but he's an amazing communicator um, our guys love him. Uh, he puts in a ton of hours, washes the, does our laundry for us. He does all this stuff. Jim's set up, runs the clock every day. And, and I have a special place in my heart for that kid. He's, um, 
Um, I love flipping him crap. I do it on a daily basis, you know, whether he screws up the clock or doesn't. And he's going, oh, sorry, you know, like, but he just, he runs the clock and immediately he's sprinting down. He can't wait to rebound, yeah. you know, with the guys. Every now and then we throw him in with a, a shooting drill. Uh, we do this thing called shocker shooting. It's a team drill and he'll hop in there and shoot and rebound. And of course he's left in life, but he's, um, he's an amazing kid. And you're right, man, there's so many I say it all the time. The head coach gets way too much credit and way too much blame. Maybe not too much blame, but way too much credit. But it, it really does. It takes everybody. And we have uh, all of our student man, uh, like our student coaches, student managers are phenomenal. And and Ryan, I mean, I can't wait to go to the gym to see Rhino. Every, I call him Rhino. Can't wait to go see Rhino every day. And our guys would rave about him to the, hey, can you come and rebound for me? Yeah, absolutely. You know, him and Bean and – Stephen Ashworth lived together, and but he's always a phone call away, a text away, and gets in there and rebounds for the guys. But at the end of the day, you can depend on Ryan, and I think that's one of the most important traits for any person. When you're dependable, you ask him to do it, you know it's going to get done, and nobody has to worry about it. Hey, Ryan, you don't have to check up on him. And I could talk about Ryan all day, but uh, amazing person in Cuba. You know, it's a weird deal. It's senior night, but we still have one more home game. Um, obviously because of COVID and all the rescheduling and, uh, and Cuba was awesome to see, you know, he's had kind of a, just some things out of his control with some injuries and, and whatnot. And, and, uh, and we got some pretty good big guys. So uh, it was fun to see him get the yep. drew up kind of a little play that we have. And, and Steven threw it up there for him. And, uh, we told him to get on the bike at about the five minute mark, uh, coach Petey did. And, uh, and I'm glad he did. And, and then, of course, Fonz is, has been fantastic the last two years and had some huge plays and big moments for us. And uh, it was good to see him make that last shot there on senior night. And, you know, senior night, like we told our guys, senior night comes around how many times in your life? Uh, maybe two. Senior in high school and <laughs> yeah. senior in college. And and that's a night that guys will always remember. And, you know, I, I said after the game, you know, we said that before the game, like senior night is clear. Let's do it for Fonz and let's do it for Cuba. And I heard Nimi in the last media timeout, I think Fonz stepped out of bounds and then it went to the media when Raleigh got that rebound. And I think that was the play and zipped it to him. And I heard Nimi say to Fonz, thanks for being a senior. And that was a pretty cool um, just thing to hear as they were walking together going to the – and so we have a tight group, not perfect, but we have a tight group and it's fun when you can – play for one another like that and that's the key to winning i think all the time is when you truly do care about your teammates and you play for each other yeah. coach look forward to catching up with you next week actually sorry we gotta hang out tomorrow yeah <laughs> back to back baby oh, let's man. go let's roll baby <laughs> all right hey thank you guys yep. enjoy your evening there's craig smith's post game thoughts after the aggies pick up the win coming up next larry kristoviak on the youth's shocking victory over usc stay with us Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 at 1280 The Zone. I was talking about all the winning on Saturday and Sunday. Uh, we just heard from Craig Smith as the Aggies won and uh, the 
Jazz won, and the Utes won, and the Cougars won, and Weber State won at Sacramento State. That was another good win. Uh, UVU picked up a win. Um, <laughs> there was football. There was football this weekend, people. Uh, Weber State, man, it took a quarter to get the offense going. Defense was good from the start. The offense got it rolling in the second quarter, and then they just ran away on Ohio, on Idaho State. That was uh, that was impressive stuff from them. Uh, Southern Utah lost on the last play of the game. Touchdown pass beats them 34-33 at NAU. And uh, Dixie State won at Tarleton State. So crazy to have spring football in the college ranks. Uh, right now I want to spend a few minutes on the Utah basketball team winning. I think that was a shocker of the weekend. I think if you're picking games, the first – game you would have picked a local team to lose would have been Utah basketball losing to USC. And nonetheless, they get the victory. Here is Larry Kristoviak after the Utes take down the USC Trojan. When we spoke with you yesterday, you know, you were talking about how this season has been, you know, some proud moments and some not so shining moments, uh, you know, with this effort against a good USC team, is this one of those shining moments to you? Well, yeah, certainly. Anytime you, uh, you know, you beat a, a, a team of that caliber, um, I thought we, we put a lot of things together tonight. Our defense was really good. The only thing that, you know, probably has a little asterisk that was, uh, was hard to swallow was the number of offensive rebounds that, that they got, but they are one of the bigger teams in the country. I thought our defense, um, I thought it was, you know, extra pass, uh, ball that are, you know, you've watched, you've watched enough of our games, um, we scored a couple buckets, you know, as the shot clock was going down, our guys' willingness, with the exceptions of a few little glitches, uh, we really depended on each other. And I've said, I think, you know, we've got to – we can have a lot of fun if you come out, uh, respect the game of basketball and come out, and it doesn't matter whether you win, lose, or, or draw. If you, uh, if you really come out with a competitive mindset and you come out with a connected mindset where you're trying to do things collectively – I think our team can be pretty good. And, you know, as we wind down the end of the season, we're going to have to carry that with us. And it was contagious tonight to have 19 assists and uh, guys stepped up and made some big plays for us. So this is, you know, and when you look back, a win's always a, a bright spot and losses are not a bright spot, but the key right now is for us to, to get clicking along on, on more cylinders. Just to follow that up now that you've seen, you know, your team without Mickey for, an extended period of time now that he played tonight, how, how much, you know, maybe not different, but how much better do you guys look, you know, with him in the mix, you know, staying out of foul trouble, playing big minutes? Yeah. I mean, it, he's uh he's a battler, you know, you, you see the level of toughness and uh, part of the strength of USC's team is, is their post play. And I thought Mick was really solid individually in that regard. Um, he's kind of a glue guy for our team, does a lot of the intangibles and, and little things and just having his minutes back on the, on the court, I think enhances our team without a doubt. And, uh, you know, was proud of his ability to play a lot of minutes to bounce back with some of the jet lag and the different things that he's gone through, but it's nice to have, uh, that member of the band back, back with us. I think everybody would, would appreciate that and notice that. All right, we go with Trevor Allen next. Larry, I know that you always preach defense, and you guys, you guys held held, held the Trojans to under forty percent shooting, and they 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 shot thirteen threes and only made two of them. Is is that is that one of the 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 things you guys are really hanging your hat on? Is just to, I mean, they 
normally you're you're taking out the uh, head of the snake, but you really just took out their their whole team. Well, it's you know they they have a lot of moving parts. That's why they're first in our conference uh, or up at the top of our conference. They have incredible post play. They've got very talented wings. I think Edie, um, you know, as a guard is a little bit of an unsung hero. He, he didn't, uh, play very good tonight. I thought we had recognition and not letting him get shots off. Um, but we, we can't win games. And if we don't, you know, start games with the mindset that we're trying to get stops, I think the 40% defensive field goal percentage is a little misleading when they have, uh, 18 offensive rebounds. That means 17 of them, you know, were missed. And there were some possessions where they had multiple misses. Uh, the key for us is being more efficient to really complete that getting a stop sentence. Uh, I've always said the exclamation point on the end of getting a stop is getting a rebound in the first four minutes of the second half. That was our discussion at halftime. And they came out and got six old boards uh, by the first media timeout. And then the the best part of this game was the last 16 minutes of the game. They only got two offensive rebounds. And, and he noticed that's kind of when the game separated is when we were able to secure defensive rebounds, we got out in transition and our guys did a really good job of moving the ball and making extra passes because they, they were sending so many people to the offensive glass. That's got to be an area that we clean up, but overall the energy was great. I thought the game plan was great. Coach Connor did a nice job getting our guys dialed in, which they always do. Um, you know, he spends the week on USC while we're trying to figure out a way to beat UCLA. And then you have just over, well, you have 48 hours to get um, the keys across to our guys. And we had a super practice yesterday, efficient and crisp and in the keys to the game. And we really came out and executed it tonight. And then on the uh, other side, you guys knocked down nine threes. I mean, it, it seemed, and you know, a lot of it started with with Fonz, but you're able to get threes from Ian and Brandon and and Riley. Are you big time? It, are are you guys capable of of doing this night in and night out? Well, we are. If we're, I, I believe that uh, there's a lot of guys with ammo left in their in their in their uh, in their holster. You know that we haven't fired all the shots that we need to fire, and and there's guys on our team, and they know it, and they're putting a ton of time in. I think the reason that you make open shots, to be honest with you, is our, our willingness to share and make an extra pass. Um, the percentages go up. You know, when you treat the game right, a lot of times the game treats you right, and there's a little bit of karma with the extra pass mentality. T uh, Timmy had eight assists tonight, um, you know, and, and guys obviously have to knock them down in order to get assists. There was a number of potential assists as well. And we've got some shooters on the team and, it, you know, they're obviously going to shoot it at a much higher clip if we're taking open ones and, and, and better timed ones where, whereas, you know, not forcing some of the shots that we've taken maybe earlier in the year, this is something that can be contagious and it's going to be stressed. All right. We'll move along to Ryan. Coach, obviously, you know, before, you know, the losing streak, you guys won three in a row, and that's when you were fairly healthy. Now that you're getting healthy again, you know, barring Ryland's going to be okay, is this the team you expect to have moving forward, you know, for the last two games and the and the Pac-12 tournament? Well, I certainly hope so, Ryan. You know, I thought we were playing really good basketball, and it's a little bit like the year in general. Uh, the last, you know, the COVID experiences, there seems to be curveballs that get thrown your way. Um 
you know, we, we beat Cal on the road and had a, had a little mojo going. And then we lost, as I said, one of the, one of the key members to our band. And I thought our guys, uh, you know, we still had our moments in Stanford where we had an opportunity. We didn't play great at Oregon state, but we showed some resiliency to bounce back with Oregon. So it's the opportunity that we've had without Mickey, I think maybe has has given other guys an opportunity and, uh, you know, I will will say our prayers for Rylan on the shoulder. It certainly didn't look good. We can use uh, getting him back in the mix, but um, yeah, this is this is what we're hopeful. Uh, this is what we're hoping for is to have. We need more more hands on deck. You know, to be able to compete with some of the teams in this conference and certainly add a little bit of depth, particularly when you move into Vegas, if you if you're fortunate enough to win some games, you're going to need uh, a lot of different contributions. All right, moving along to John Toon. Coach, uh, you, you look at Timmy Allen and, and the impact he had for you guys at the start of the second half. Uh, offensively, you had scored baskets on 12 of your first 15 shots. Timmy had five of those baskets and he assisted on four of others. Is that a case of him just, you know, being a veteran player, doing veteran things at the right time? Well, it's part of the growth. You know, I think uh, for TA, we had a little sit down yesterday and, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's an understanding that a lot of teams, uh, he's at the top of the scouting report for the opposition and there's a lot of length on another team and you have to give the defense an opportunity to break down. And we had some great cuts and we had some great extra passes. I would, you know, take it as far as some, they don't keep track of hockey assists in basketball, but there were, uh, you know, at least a half a dozen plays where TA uh, didn't force the issue. He made a pass to somebody else and that led to an open shot. So it's, for us, the ball's got to pop. We don't have a great isolation team. Uh, you know, some teams can get by with that. We're in the top three in our league at assisted baskets, even though we haven't made a lot of the looks that we've got. And I think we can get better. You know, we've still got a few weeks left in our season. And I challenged everybody uh, to have faith in each other and move the ball. And it's it's a lot of fun to watch. It's just, um, you know, and he, he made some terrific passes and, and that's something that we're going to have to carry forward. But that's in essence, that's being an all around player. He's one of the few players in our conference that is in the top 10 in scoring top 10 in rebounding and top 10 in assists. And if he plays like this, you know, that, uh, that leads to success. That's what we're all about right now is winning. And I think he wants to win and has recognized that, uh, that he needs to do some distributing, which was perfect. All right, moving along to Josh Furlong. Yeah, Larry, uh, Ian Martinez seemed to be a big component to uh, your guys' run in the, the first half and allowed you guys to get up to tie it up with USC. What are, what are you seeing from him? You know, the stat sheet obviously may not show all that he does, but what, what are you seeing from him in terms of, of his play and, and progress, uh, progression so far this season? Yeah, I think, you know, we've seen some great glimpses. Uh, we don't win the Cal game. He was instrumental tonight, his energy and length and athleticism. He got out in passing lanes and got, got a big steal for us and a dunk, got some other deflections. He's, he's long uh, and he's cat like quick. And I think a little bit of what we've experienced, you've seen it across the country and certainly in this program for the last 10 years, it's not easy to be a freshman 
And, uh, you know, we throw a lot at guys. We teach a lot on both ends of the floor. And this is something where, you know, I think when we can find a little bit of rhythm for him and some confidence, he stepped up and, and did what he's capable of doing, staying in the moment and trying to win the next play and never, re, you know, never at this level, can you put your guard down? And I think some young men all across the country come in from, from high school programs and, and, uh, and struggle with a little bit of that. You know, there's always a few weak links in high school or in AAU, but at this level, you've got to be dialed at all times. And, and that's what I actually visited with him about even after the game, just staying present. When you cross those lines, it's all focus about what's at hand. And then when you leave those lines, you know, then you can uh, think about other things, but he's, he's making some really good progress for us and has, has stayed in it. Hasn't been easy, but he's uh, he's stayed engaged and he's getting better. And then you you guys have done really well against Evan Mobley this year. You, you know, you guys have, have kind of limited his scoring tonight. He had 11 points, but seven came from the free throw line. What, what have you guys done to neutralize a lot of, of his ability that maybe some other teams haven't been able to do? Well, you know, I, I it's hard to say. I think, again, a lot of credit goes to, in this situation, Coach Connor, you know, understanding what it is. It's It's a multifaceted thing. You understand where they try to get him the ball how they get him the ball and you try to, you can't take everything away with the player, his caliber, but you try to, you know, you just keep hitting them with body punches, um, try to wear them out and, you know, make them earn everything they get. I think is the biggest thing. And uh, individual guys have to step up Mickey and Brandon, those guys, you know, put enough heat on him, I think to, to neutralize him somewhat, but he's, you know, he's vying for being the top pick in the draft. So uh, it's usually a collective thing, but certainly the this coaching, uh, the game plan, and those things are are a big part of it. All right, Josh Newman, go ahead. Larry, just knowing you know how how hard um, how hard Rylan works and just how badly he wanted to you know come back from the injury. Uh, you know he comes back the other night, plays pretty well, uh, and now he's hurt again. You know just at as his coach, knowing how hard he works, just, you know, how, how disheartening is it to see him, you know, kind of hurt again? Well, uh, you know, I, I don't know any other way uh, to describe it, but you know, these guys are all, I really feel like they're my kids. Um, you know, and an, an analogy would be if you, you never want to see your kids injured and having to go through stuff like that. I don't know the severity of it, I know it's a little bit different than how he heard it before. I, you know, my fingers are crossed, but, uh, you know, we're all crushed for him. There's, there's no question. He, he took a bad, he, he went after a ball in typical Ryland fashion, a loose ball on the floor and sprawled out and, um, you know, torqued his shoulder again. So my heart dropped. We talked about it in the timeout. We lost, lost one of our brothers and we need to have some guys step up and make up for his absence and we'll keep uh we'll keep him in our thoughts and prayers and hope that we can get him back back on the court again it's it's a sad situation hey ryan go ahead coach uh, you just mentioned a little bit talking about how guys need to step up can you talk about Pele and just how impressive he looked tonight i mean taking over for ryan for that point guard role and just what his development has been like and how important is he going to be for you moving forward? If Ryland. Yeah, we're going to need, we're going to need everybody. You know, I think uh, it, one of one of the, uh, the coolest parts about this journey um, 
for 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 Pella is uh, his his approach in practice. Uh, he's you know I've used the term before. It's not a negative term. He's somewhat of a perfectionist. He wants to get things right. The USC put a lot of pressure on him at the point of attack. You know, with the ball in his hands, they worked him and. We tried to free him up a little bit later, but he's he's finding a poise, I think, about him. Uh, he's understanding the value of playing on two feet and, you know, taking care of the basketball better rather than jumping up in the air. And one of the areas I think that not many people talk about is his ability to defend the ball with his strength and, and athleticism at the point of attack. To have him out front, you know, kind of setting our defense has been key. So he's, uh, you know, he I think he continues to get better and he's – He's, he's making mistakes, but he's not making a lot of the same mistakes and he's dialed in. And I, I'm also seeing more leadership on the bench where he's, you know, he's, he's talking to guys, he's engaged, uh, staying engaged with our coaching staff and showing some great leadership along the way at, you know, at the same time. There's Larry Kristoviak after the Utes win. When we come back, the best of the jazz post game show, stay with us. Take the zone with you wherever you go. Let's go. Download the all-new Zone Sports Network app on your phone and get live streaming of the zone as well as podcast editions of every show. From Salt Lake to Shanghai, Provo to Portugal, or Ogden to Oslo, wherever you go, we'll tag along. Let's go. Download the new Zone app by searching Zone Sports Network wherever you shop for apps. It's the Zone Sports Network app. From 97.5, 1280, The Zone, and The Zone Sports Network. Good morning, DJ and PK. It's 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. The Jazz split a couple games over the weekend. They get beat at Miami. I thought that was a big old woulda, coulda, shoulda game. They couldn't stop Butler. They couldn't stop Dragic, but I thought they had a chance to outscore them. Those guys went cold the last six minutes, but too much holding the ball. The ball seemed to stick. Uh, They shot a really low percentage on threes and open ones, too. I thought they had some really good wide-open shots, and they just couldn't make them. Uh, So they fall to Miami, but then they thrash Orlando and had a good time doing it. Here's Jake with the best of the postgame show after the Jazz beat the Magic. Your Jazz recap here on DJ and PK on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Jake Scott with you. Jazz win on Saturday night in Orlando over the Magic 124 to 109. Big game from Donovan Mitchell. 31 points. He had 25 of those in the second half. Donovan also had six assists, four rebounds, had a big third quarter as the Jazz moved ahead and really didn't look back uh, defeating the Magic in Orlando on Friday night. Jordan Clarkson had 18. Joe Ingles was 17 and 7 assists to go with uh, 2 rebounds as well as uh, Joe got the start in place of Mike Conley who was resting that hamstring on Saturday night. Rudy Gobert with 12 points 16 rebounds 3 assists. He had a steal and 2 block shots. Another great night uh, for Rudy Gobert. Let's get you some post-game sound. Let's start with Jazz head coach Quinn Snyder. Alright, we're going to start with Kristen Kenny, Jazz TV. Okay. Coach, I was just talking to Donovan, and he was saying this one coming in on a back-to-back, maybe feeling the legs a little bit, but really pushed through there in the second half. What did you see the as the difference in the second half, in particular that third quarter? Well, we're not allowed to be tired, for one thing. And, you know, that mindset, I think, um, the way we started the game, we weren't we weren't pushing the ball as much as we wanted to, and we didn't get – um, some of the catch and shoot threes. I think we just continued to to commit to that. Um, a lot of the things you know that we've talked about doing, um, we were doing, and that that's you know it starts always with getting stops. But I felt like the ball really started to get up the court quickly, 
and it was moving. And when the ball's moving, that's that's when we're you know a good team. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. When other than Orlando's, you know, kind of out of character three point shooting tonight, it seemed like it was a pretty solid defensive effort um, from you guys tonight. Were you happy with the way that that the defense played tonight, especially on the second night of a back to back? We had a couple, you know, breakdown situations in the half court. It's, it's you know, Busevich in, in pick and roll, you know, for our bigs playing someone that pops and shoots it that well. You know, that that's something, you know, if we can get a late switch on that, I thought we didn't close out quite like we needed to. But, you know, I thought collectively, you know, we really rebounded the ball well, too, which was good to see. But, you know, the main thing was to try to make him work. And, you know, he's a really good player. You know, I know that situation. Some of that's just, you know, our guys talking to each other and, and figuring those things out um, on the fly when they're making, you know, subtle adjustments to how they're guarding something. Um, as opposed to anything significant. So um, I did think we defended well. And, um, you know, I thought, we, you know, again, on the defensive defensive glass, Fave and Rudy were t- terrific. Alex Fleming, Florida Sun. Coach, the three-point shooting was okay tonight, 37.8%. Um, they played great defense, but 25 second-chance points. Do you think that was the difference in the game tonight? Well, that, that's, you know, that's something that, that is important to us and particularly um, with some of our perimeter players. I thought there were some real, some momentum plays, um, you know, when it, it, when the team plays good defense and gets a stop, if you can come in and, you know, get a hand on the ball and, and get another possession, you know, that possession game, you know, is really important. And usually those shots off the offensive glass, um, I thought we converted well tonight with, with the second chance points, like you said. So... Um, usually if we're taking shots that, you know, everybody anticipates, you know, you've got a chance to rebound them. Andy Larson, Salt Lake Tribune. Quinn, without Mike, you guys don't really have a traditional point guard in a sense. Obviously, there's Donovan and Joe and Jordan, but not like the traditional point guard you may have seen 10, 15 years ago. Do you feel like the league has changed so that, you know, just that you don't have that emphasis anymore? Or how would how do you kind of view that? Because, you know, it's it's kind of unusual to see a, a team play no point guard as much as you guys. Well, I, you know, I... I do think that there's been an evolution, you know, in the game. Some of it has to do with, you know, the spacing on the floor and the way people are playing. There, there isn't as much kind of half-court basketball where you, you know, you have a, a quarterback, so to speak, that just kind of gets you into everything and calls the plays. And um, in this case, I, I think, you know, I, I've, I've said it before, Andy. You've heard me say it. Just the, the concept of having a backcourt, um, and in our case, to me, it's. Um, take it one step further, and it's really playmakers, you know. And when you see JC, I think JC had five assists tonight, and that, that's something we didn't see um, last night. I thought Joe pushed the ball, and this to me, you know, while we're, we're on it, I thought this is one of Donovan's best games of the year. Um, you know, he, he, I don't know what he was at half, maybe five points or something like that. You know, he wasn't shooting the ball great, but. Um, I thought he didn't. He, he kept he kept playing efficiently, and you know as the game progressed, you know his stuff opened up, and he really picked his spot. So we we the leadership component I think we get from a number of people, um, and we get the playmaking from a number of people. And if we can have those things, and everybody 
you know, plays within themselves, so to speak. Um, I still, I still think, you know, we've got Donovan who can play the point and Mike who can play the point and Joe's played it some. The, the good thing for our group is those guys are comfortable, you know, and willing to, to get off the ball as well and, and still be effective. So. There's Coach Schneider. His team uh, goes, uh, comes away with victory 124 to 109 over the Orlando Magic. Let's now hear from the players. Let's get things started with Donovan Mitchell. We'll get started with a question from Sarah Todd, Desert News. Hey, Don, I know that we've talked a little bit about it after Quinn was named the all star coach, but what can you say just about? what it's been like over, you know, your four years with him and how much you've seen him change as a coach and how much you think he really deserves it. Um, you know, the biggest thing with coach, man, is he's a player's coach, you know, and people say that, and I think a lot of people say that about coaches or whatever, but I think for him, he, he's, I've said this before, he's a, he's a great coach, but even better person. You know, I think he relates to his players. You know, he, he, he loses. People say they lose yourself in the game. He kind of invests himself and loses himself in each individual player. Um, I don't. Th- I don't think he, you know, kind of goes out there and just keeps his attention on the main guys or whatever. Like he one through fifteen, like he's having moments or teachable moments, life moments. Um, you know, I think that's one thing that I, I I definitely appreciate. You know, we've had conversations about life, not even basketball, and I think that just helps you in a frame of mind as a player understand that. You know. This is a game, but like at the end of the day, life is life, you know, and that helps you, helps build that connection, you know, and not just with myself, but with the entire team. And then as far as, you know, basketball goes, you know, he's one of the wizards of basketball. He, he's he's thinking about it 24-7. He's thinking about how to be perfect, you know, and I think that's something that you see in our team, um, just finding ways to continue to elevate our game and be and be better and be perfect. Uh, but that's a reflection of him. You know, obviously we go out there and do it, but, you know, it starts with him. You know, even tonight, you know, we were up by – what was it 18, 16, and he's still like, we got to guard this better, we got to guard that better. And I think that's 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 the type of coach you want to play for, someone who's not you know satisfied, you know. And you know, if he if if it wasn't national news about him winning, you know, or being coaching the All Star game, you'd never know. I think that's the best part about it. He's humble. Um, he's a great person, and you know, I'm happy to play for a coach like that. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Don, you get. 25 of your points in the second half. You guys as a team score 70 after halftime. Uh, Quinn said that he thought this was one of your best games of the season just because you continued to kind of find individual moments and, and take advantage of them. What was kind of the key to getting things so turned around after the break? Um, I think, you know, the biggest thing um, is just, you know, find out how they guarded me. You know, I had a few lapses, you know, in the first half few bad shots, you know, and then kind of saying, okay, this is how, this is what I see. Uh, it wasn't about making or missing. It was just about what I was seeing in the coverages. You know, I, I thought they were going to be in a drop coverage and they blitzed, so I kind of took me by surprise. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, like I said before this, I've seen pretty much every coverage, and now it's about adjusting, not just for myself to score, but getting guys involved, finding ways to make the simple play. And, you know, for me, that's really when I came into halftime, just went out there and just tried to find ways to just – make the right play each time. Um, and I think that was the biggest adjustment going into halftime. And, you know, I think every, everything else kind of took care of itself. Ben Anderson, KSLSports.com. Donovan, along those lines, you didn't really start the game out as an initiator, but then you really closed the game kind of with the ball in your hands and, and running the show. Is that by design? Is that matchup? What, what goes into that decision making? Uh, I think, you know, a lot of it is it's kind of both. You know, I think a lot of it, you know, I think Joe and Rudy have a great connection, you know, to start games in the pick and roll, you know, so kind of seeing how, you know, 
Joe's really good at finding him. You know, I would say much better than I am, you know, as far as getting the pick and roll. So kind of getting Rudy easy ones, getting Joe easy ones, trying to, you know, facilitate and also pick my spots as well. Um, and then, you know, try to insert my, my scoring in, in, in different ways. Um, but, you know, as far as as far as playing off the ball, I do the same thing with Mike. You know, Mike's a tremendous playmaker as well. So just trying to find ways to insert myself in, in different areas. And also, like I said, just find ways and how they guard me, see it, you know, see it again, see it again, and then kind of attack it, you know, when need be. Um, and I think tonight, you know, it was just similar, you know, ways like that, watching Joe, watching Rudy, getting JC going early. I think he had like 11 or 12 at half. You know, I think those are, those, that was huge, you know, and then trying to trying to integrate Boyan as well, trying to find ways to get everybody involved and then kind of go out there and, you know, it's crazy. Go down the list about who you can get involved. It's crazy how many options we have, but um, I think that's, that's really where my focus was at, you know, and just kind of Gauging and reading the game from there. Alex Fleming, Florida Sun. Mr. Mitchell, you had six points at the half, and like the gentleman spoke of earlier, you exploded in the second half. Um, I believe you should have been rookie of the year, but that's just my personal opinion. So I guess my question is, how do you push past the criticism when commentators and Shaquille O'Neal have something smart to say, but you know what your true quality and depth is? Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I have my own motivation coming in each year. You know, I think personally, I prefer to hear negative things than positive. You know, I think there's always room to grow. I think that for me, that's just been my, I've always been the underdog and always, you know, been overlooked. So this isn't nothing new for me. Um, I think that's really what it is. You know, for me, I don't really need anybody else to kind of tell me what I need to do or, you know, what I should be doing. You know, and I think at the end of the day, like, I'm just trying to be the, oh boy, here comes Joe. <laughs> oh boy. They were asking about, um, can you repeat your question again so he can hear it? He'll give you a great answer. Okay. Um, how do you push past the criticism and the snark remarks, whether it be from Shaquille O'Neal or other commentators that believe oh. that you can't get the job done? You don't, want, you don't want me to answer this question. Gonna, you guys won't be able to report it because it would be an explicit language <laughs> and you guys will get in trouble. Um, I was, I, okay. Um, but yeah, just basically playing for my teammates, you know, at the end of the day, just playing. Like I said, the only opinions I care about are the guys in the locker room. You can say whatever, but at the end of the day, I'm trying to find ways to I don't think you're a superstar. That's fair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I think that's really what it is for me, just trying to find ways to improve myself. Um, I don't really need anybody else to tell me what I need to do or what not to do, but I prefer. Your styling going into the games improved. I think so. I think I should She's be doing on, a great uh, job. Uh, league fits and then what's that name? Cal Callianne. At Callianne. Yeah. <laughs> That's one thing I'm definitely a thing I'm improving in is the, the pre-game pre fits. That's when you love pre-game fits. Um, but no, on the real, like, just trying to find ways to better myself each year. Um, I don't really need anybody to tell me what I should or shouldn't do. I understand that's the nature of the game we're in. Um, and that's really it for me. That was Donovan Mitchell interrupted uh, there by Joe Ingles at the end as he was uh, asked again about uh, comments, uh, uh, doubters uh, per se, and he heard uh, that playful answer from Joe and uh, and from Donovan. Donovan, 31 points, six assists, four rebounds on Saturday night. Big game for him, of course. Let's now uh, let you hear from that guy, Joe Ingles. Joe, this is Donovan's 11th time in his career to go for 25 or more points in the second half alone. What is it like to see Donovan explode like he does in the second half? Uh, it's really hard when he plays that selfishly. Um, he doesn't pass the ball. And um, no, I mean, I, I didn't even, I mean, I would never know that stat, but um, 
Yeah, I mean, it's, I, don't know, I don't even know. I mean, we, we ex- kind of expect him to do that, I guess. It's um, we, we want him to be aggressive. We obviously, at, at a lot of the time in the game, we're, we're going to be running plays for him, obviously down in crunch time. We, we know in, in a close game or, or if we need a bucket, we're, we're going to him. So he's got to keep that aggressive mentality all night, um, regardless how we play. I think he sees a ton of different coverages and um, he, he's done a hell of a job at uh, reading the, the, the coverage at the start of the game or if they change it at half time or whatever and adjusting um, and obviously making plays for his, for his teammates so um, yeah he's a superstar <laughs> Sarah Todd Desert News Joe Quinn is a, a pretty intense guy on the sidelines and um, I'm wondering are you looking forward to him being able to coach the all-star game, maybe let loose a little bit and not have sort of the, the pressure of the game behind him? I mean, he'll probably have a tape practice with him on shoot around. <laughs> Who knows what he'll do? Um, no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it would be a hell of an experience for him. Um, I think uh, I, I, I texted him a couple of days after we found out and just, um, he kind of thanks us and thinks it's obviously we, we play a part of it. Um, but I think as you guys know, and everyone that's been, I don't even know how many people are on here, but from his first year and um, where we were, I think we won 25 games the first year and, and to build it into to what it is now. And um, a, a lot of that is him. Like we, we can go out and shoot threes and play basketball and, do the scout and do all that, but but the the goal and and the dedication and, and all the the time and effort that he, he's put in over uh, it's like six and a half years or whatever it is now um, is impressive. And he, as you guys know, hasn't taken his foot off the gas from day one. And um, yeah, it, it will be like you said, a, a really cool experience for him to obviously coach a, a hell of a team with some pretty good players and. Hopefully he just enjoys it because he's going to get back and start yelling at us when he gets back. So hopefully, uh, hopefully he enjoys it because he, he does deserve it. And I think um, it, it shouldn't be taken lightly how much um, influence he's had on this, this organization since coming in. So, um, yeah, I don't want to sound proud of him because he's my coach, but uh, I'm kind of proud of him. <laughs> Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey Joe, so uh, Quinn was asked early on if, if the slow start could be attributed to you guys being tired on the second night of a back-to-back, and he said that no one was allowed to be tired. Um, <laughs> just wondering, were you guys actually tired with it being the second night of a back-to-back? And, I, and was, you guys I don't care what he said. I was tired. Um, I think it's it, a lot of those situations with the scheduling and – I mean, we did get in at 3 a.m. or whatever time it was. It was it was reasonably late, and then obviously with with the the COVID protocols and all that, we had to get up to test and got a meeting in and stuff like that. But yeah, I mean, you, you, the schedule is what it is. Like every team's going through it. We're not the only team that's playing back to backs or flights getting in late or, or whatever it is. So um, you can probably tell by my eyes how glassy they are. Um, I was tired this morning when we when we first woke up, but obviously also with the, the, the COVID stuff, we, we, we didn't have shoot, not that we would have shoot around a back to back, but a lot, a lot less shoot arounds this year and stuff like that. So 
we, we are getting time to rest. And, and like he said, I, I think it's more of a mentality of, um, of not using it as an, as an excuse. Just to, we, we've all, I mean, I'm sure you guys have all been, you're all like tired going to work one day or you've had a late night or the kids keep like, what, there's so many situations. So um, I'm used to being a little bit tired. So it was all good. Um, but yeah, we just go into it and try not to use that as an excuse. I think if you start talking about it and thinking about it, then you automatically going to come out a bit slower and a step behind. So um, we did that, but we were able to overcome it. <laughs> John Dutton, AP. Uh, Joe, you guys are seven and zero this season. When you started point guard, what what is your how does your mindset change when you uh, when you're in there at, as a starting point guard and play some mic? Um, I don't actually know if I do start the point guard. I think it's Donovan. But whatever position I start at, um, yeah, I mean, I don't try and do anything different. Obviously, I I start the, the biggest difference is, is obviously being out there at the start and then splitting kind of minutes with, with Donovan at the point. Um, I, I try to play the same game. Obviously, I, I realize I'm going to have the ball a little bit more in certain situations and um, obviously just kind of being the, that kind of second point guard when Donovan goes out, um, I'm automatically going to have the ball. So uh, a bit more responsibility, I think, on me, especially the last couple of games. Um, just, just trying to get, like, like George didn't have a shot last game. We can't have George not getting a shot. Um, so, so making sure I'm, I'm getting guys involved and getting guys in the right spot. And I think in that second quarter, we had a bit of a slow patch and that was kind of my fault. I ran a couple plays and... Um, kind of came into a timeout, we came back and, and we were able to execute. So um, I don't, I honestly, I don't go into the game thinking any different. I, I just know obviously that with Mike being out and, and how big a part of the team he is for us, um, I'm going to have the ball a bit more and be a little bit more aggressive at times, but um, not, a, not a huge mentality change, honestly. Thank you. Alex Fleming, floor to sun. How many questions I got? <laughs> In football, they would call this swagger, but you guys look real comfortable on the basketball court. Mediocre day from three, and you still hit 37.8%. You didn't have Mike Conley tonight. At full strength, how dangerous can this team be? I mean, if you've you've watched our games, I think you would have seen it. I think um, we've had games where we're all rolling, we're all shooting well, Rudy's on the rim, which is obviously dangerous. Fave, fave roll and getting the half roll, like everyone's shooting, um, not not overthinking. Um, I think we we sometimes we <laughs> almost overplay being unselfish because we, we move the ball so well and trying to find a better and better and better shot. And sometimes we, we end up turning it over or not getting a great shot because we, we do obviously play unselfish and we've got a, a group that does that. But um, yeah, I mean, when we, we've been together a long time. Um, you throw Fave back in, like we said, obviously having JC now and a healthy Mike and, and stuff like that. It, um, it's kind of, I guess, what we envisioned last year a little bit. Um, we, we couldn't get healthy and, and we're, we're a little over the place. But um, yeah, I think we just, we are comfortable. Like you said, we're, we're comfortable with each other. We know what we're running. We know at crunch time where we're going. We know um, we, we know what we want to do. and. Um, uh, I think that, that, that comfortableness for, for the group makes it very easy to play and you can kind of play, play freely. We, we, we move, like I said, we move the ball, someone's got a shot and nobody's worried about who, who's taking the shots or who's scoring or, or whatever it is. So um, it, it's a fun way to play.
There's Joe Ingles, another big night in the starting lineup and replace, uh, replacing Mike Conley. 17 points, 7 assists, and 2 rebounds uh, for Joe. Uh, let's now uh, round things out. Let's hear from Rudy Gobert. We'll get started with Kristen Kenny whenever you're ready. Rudy, so Donovan uh, with the 25 points in the second half, I mean, he's done that numerous times. What stands out about the way that he starts these second halves? I think he did a great job, you know, uh, being a playmaker, especially in the first half, uh, not forcing, you know, finding his teammates. And uh, and then when it was time to to be in attack mode, he, he attacked and, uh, you know, he was very efficient. Uh, and, you know, that's when he does that, it takes our team to, uh, to another level. And, he did, you know, he did a great job doing that today. Eric Walden, Salt Lake Tribune. Hey, Rudy. So Quinn said early on that you guys, the thing he learned about tonight is you guys are not allowed to be tired. Joe says, I don't care what he says. I, I, I was definitely tired. How much did you guys have to kind of dig deep to, to overcome that slow start and, and find some energy as the game went along? Personally, I was tired early and then I felt better and better. Uh, you know, some games, you know, some games, you're not going to have the legs, but uh, in those games, we have to make sure that we have our heads and we have to make sure that we communicate even more, that we are, you know, uh, moving the ball even more and uh, and we have a, a deep enough team to, you know, to still play a very high level of basketball on both ends when we do. So, you know, uh, I think, like I said, you know, I think Donovan did a great job in the first half, you know, uh, moving the ball and, and then we I still felt like we we put our energy on defense and when we do that you know regardless of if we're tired or if we're not tired uh, we're going to be in a position to beat anybody every any night on any given night Sarah Todd Desert News Rudy you've often said that you wouldn't be where you are without Quinn as your coach and I'm just sort of wondering if you could elaborate on that a little bit what is it maybe that makes you say that what maybe specifically i mean uh, i could talk about it for a long time for you know there's a lot of things to say but uh, the main thing is first of all he believed in me uh you know when he got here before that i wasn't playing uh, when he got here he gave me a chance you know uh, uh you know he he trusted me put me on the court and uh and uh, along that, that, that season, which was my second season, you know, uh, he trusted me more and more and more. And, you know, I went from being a backup, I mean, from being a G-League to being a backup and, and uh, to being a start, starting center. And, you know, and it started from there. And then, you know, uh, just, you know, building, uh, you know, year after year, uh, getting better year after year, uh, you know, through the ups and downs. You know, I think uh, when you have that kind of connection with your coach and you've been through uh, all those years with your coach, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a bond that I think is, uh, is pretty strong. And, you know, when hopefully we win a championship uh, very soon, uh, you know, that, that journey and that story is going to be pretty cool to, you know, to, to look at.
There you go. That's Rudy. 12 points, 16 rebounds for Rudy. Had a couple of block shots, had three assists as well as he continues to do a nice job finding shooters in the corner when he gets the ball on the pick and roll. Uh, Up next for the Utah Jazz, they take on the New Orleans Pelicans tonight in New Orleans. That game will tip off at 6 o'clock. Pre-game coverage begins at 5. There's the best of the Jazz postgame show. Jazz and the New Orleans Pelicans tonight in Louisiana. Pecan on more on that coming up in What is Trending. Stay with us.